guys, welcome back to another episode of The Teacher Cast. Uh, my name is Hayley, I run the Instagram page, The Teacher Student, and I set up this podcast to engage in some more deeper conversations, um, all to do with education. And on Spotify, if you're listening to this, I'd really appreciate it if you head over to the rate button. Now on Spotify, you can rate podcasts, and I'd love for you to rate my podcast and if you can at all, give some feedback. As well as that, there's also a new feature on Spotify where you can engage in polls and questions. Um, so for example, if we if I pose a question with the person that I'm presenting with, um, you, I can see your feedback and, and further questions. So um, I think we will maybe pose a question in this episode. And today I'm joined by one of my best friends who I met in college uh, when I studied my Bachelor of Arts in Maynooth. Megan, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm really excited to have this conversation because Megan, you are a secondary school teacher and you moved to the, the Middle East. You're teaching in Qatar in Doha. Um, Megan, yeah. maybe for anyone that doesn't know you, obviously you don't have an Instagram page and you don't have, um, I suppose, a blog or anything. So <laughs> I know everything about you and I know I had my friend Annabelle on as well and I know she's doing a PhD, but if you want to maybe share a light how we met each other, um, I, I, I know I mentioned through college, but if you'd like to share. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, so I studied with Hayley. We did our undergrad in geography and sociology in Maynooth. And yeah. then after that, I went on to do my PME in Maynooth also. Um, so I did that in CSPE, geography and politics and society. Um, I graduated there in 2020 and then I did a year at home working in like my placement school that I had for a year two of the PME and then I decided to move to the Middle East so here I am in Doha I started here at the end of August and yeah I'm teaching in a secondary school over here now. Wow so let's just rewind for a second so you went back and did the PME in secondary school teaching did you did you enjoy studying in Maynooth doing your PME there and were they the subjects that you always imagined yourself and did you always see yourself as a secondary school teacher? Yeah well I think I always um, thought I was going to be a teacher definitely and Mm -hmm. even in the undergrad I remember thinking should I do primary or secondary and um, I don't know I just decided then that like older students would be that was kind of what I was more interested in and since I made that decision I've been so happy with it like I really definitely think it was the right decision for me Um, and yeah I loved Maynooth so I spent five years in college there altogether had a great time and yeah I think I've always just wanted to be a teacher so and yeah I loved geography in school I loved all kind of the humanities subjects so that was kind of an easy choice for me lovely yeah I think you know I get questions sometimes especially particularly people who are you know maybe even in sixth year in school they're like oh I don't know whether I want to be a primary or secondary school teacher and it's very difficult when you're only in the one to know because like obviously Megan you're going to say oh be a secondary school teacher and I'm obviously going to say be a primary school teacher and I don't know of anyone personally that has gone and done both and I'm sure there are you know the rare people that have done that but um I definitely think getting getting experience with you know both 
age groups does really help um so yeah I mean that's really exciting then that you decided then to go off to the Middle East and I know Megan like you've shared with me you know on a on a personal note like you found it really difficult to find information before you you moved over there so I suppose why did you firstly move to Qatar did you not want to stay in Ireland through the pandemic or or what was it that made you move yes so I all always like as long as I can remember wanted to teach in the Middle East and I don't know where it came from Mm -hmm. I just I even remember I was working um I was fundraising back when I was like 19 and I was chatting to these two girls who were this was in uh, Dublin and I was chatting to these two girls who um were just like on a holiday back from working I think in Dubai and they were chatting to me about it and I was like yeah that's what I want to do and like that was many years ago now so I don't know I just always had it in my head that I wanted to move over and teach here really yeah and so I suppose your subjects as well like are you teaching the same subjects that you studied in the PME or how does it work yeah I well I mean with like humanities it is quite broad I am teaching um mostly geography and I'm also teaching a subject called environmental management which is actually really nice it's mm-hmm. it's quite similar to geography it's for the older age groups because I'm in um a British curriculum school like a lot of people who moved over here are from like the UK um, and they're used to the curriculum but for me this was an added change because I wasn't used to the you know the British curriculum at all so it's all very new to me like the course is similar but there's a few different things and you know when they do their exams and their years and stuff so it's a lot of it's a lot of differences to get used to yeah absolutely and I think that like that's also growth in your profession too and you know when you eventually do return to Ireland um you know you'll, you'll have all that experience and you'll, you'll see your subjects I suppose in a different light too but I suppose for anyone that's thinking of moving over like where do you begin to look for the information because this was something that you really struggled with yeah it was really difficult actually to find information um like I really difficult even just googling things was difficult the one really good thing that I found was Facebook pages actually and there's one in particular called empowering expat teachers so that's that's run by an Irish girl actually who she worked both in Qatar and Dubai and so she set that up and that's great for people just asking like questions about you know schools or documents or you know different kind of things you need to prepare um so that's a great way there's lots of different Facebook pages and they were very helpful there was a few blogs but nothing much really yeah um another thing that I found then from that was that same girl Sarah Coyle who set up that Facebook page yeah she also has a website it's I think it's also empowering expat teachers and she does like courses and things you can sign up for uh, and pay for and she does like how to you know redo your cv to for like schools in the middle east and how to do your cover letter and make it specific for the school you're applying for yeah so that those things were very helpful and just like I didn't know anyone who was out here already, but a lot of people who I know from here did know people. And it was just from talking to people that they found out um, information and things like that. 
Yeah, word of mouth definitely is helpful. I I do think though, when people want to move on their own, well, we'll talk about that a bit later, but it, you know, you do go to the internet first of all, and when the answers aren't coming up straight away, I can imagine that is quite daunting, but we'll chat about that just later on in the episode. I'm just gonna mention there that I will link that expat, a pairing expat Facebook page on the in the bio of this podcast episode. So if anyone wants to go over and take a little look, um. I hope I hope that's helpful just in relation to then like jobs like were you looking at specific jobs in the Middle East did you care whether you went to Doha to Dubai um what was it like you know if you want to maybe share more information on that yeah so actually originally I had my heart set on the UAE so you know Dubai Abu Dhabi areas like that Mm -hmm. so I started applying for jobs there first this was in January yeah um January 2020 and um yeah I was just kind of said well that's where I wanted to go so I started applying for jobs there the main place I looked was on Tez um I know people know it for like just resources but it's actually great for international jobs The majority of yeah, majority of international jobs go up there from anywhere, like probably starting December, January is a great time when they start going up. Nice. Um, so I started looking there, and I applied literally for any job that um that suited me from there first. Yeah, there's also recruitment agencies that you can contact. Um, I don't, I wouldn't, I'd say for that, do your research on them. Like I didn't go with any particular recruitment agency, so I can't really um, recommend one in particular. Yeah. But I know that's where people get their jobs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so may, it was mainly Tez. And from there, I got, I was applying for jobs. I got an interview in the January end of the January and that went well and I technically got that job. Now was this January 2020 or January 2021? Oh sorry yes 2021 yes oh my god it's been like a year and a a year and a half in advance. No 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 no, I'm just confused with what year it is yeah no sorry you're right yeah yeah. So January 2021 Um, you started looking for jobs? Yes yes. So that's the time of the school year where you should start thinking about it, is it? Or is it like September time? No, no, it's kind of so because over here you it when you do your to your contract, they kind of ask you around this time if you want to stay on or if you want or if you're leaving. So that's the time when the jobs start coming. Right. But uh, yeah, so I was playing for jobs and I got and anyway, I got a job which kind of fell through and then I got and then I, I mean, everything was kind of falling through for me. Yeah. So, and this was happening all throughout, throughout the school year. So it was May time and I hadn't really heard anything and I was applying and I wasn't very successful. So I even went to the stage where I was applying for jobs in Ireland then. So I was yeah. like, look, I'll apply for jobs again this year and I'll try again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was at May time because the time obviously was running out. Mm-hmm. So, but then I was just, I don't know, one day I thought, oh, here will I try um, Qatar? Like it just wasn't on my radar, like yeah. no particular reason. I just didn't really know anyone there. I didn't really know much about it. But yeah. I decided then to give it one last shot and I applied for a job there in May and then I got it. So that's how I ended up here. 
Yeah. But yeah, it, it wasn't all plain sailing. It did take a while and a lot of jobs, a lot of work went into the cover letters and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can imagine it is a lot of preparation. And I suppose we are shining a light on this episode on the prep. We're not really going to talk about teaching over there and like the culture yeah. and, you know, uh, the way of living over there. We're, we're more kind of focusing on here on the, the application and actually getting over there. So, Megan, you were successful then in getting, obviously, job interviews. Um, did you complete them at home? Did you have to travel over there? What was involved in the interview process? I can imagine, you know, with you know, having a, a, your cover letter and applying and putting so much work into all of these applications. I'd love to know what's involved in the actual interview process itself. Yeah, so I did three interviews altogether. And to be honest, they were all similar enough. Now, because over here we're a few hours ahead, yeah. like you could be doing um, uh, an interview at any time of the day. Like one of mine was at 4 a.m. So <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 4am before I was teaching online. So, yeah. you know, you just have to roll with it. But in terms of the actual interview, it's it's quite similar to what I've experienced um, in Ireland, you know, very general questions about, um, you know, differentiation. Uh, there's a big focus on EAL, English yeah. as additional language, obviously, because majority of students over here, English is either their second language or an additional language. Right. So there was a focus on that. There's uh, there was also um, like they'd ask you things like you know tell me an, an outstanding lesson that you did or like tell me about a lesson that went really well and you have to kind of talk them through a lesson. Right. Um, but yeah, mostly it's just very general questions, ones that you'd expect for anywhere really. Yeah. And I suppose, would you have to prepare like a PowerPoint if it's online or, you know? Well, in my experience, no, I didn't. It was just, it was very like informal chat. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought most of them were quite just, you know, chats, get a bit getting to know you, why you want to do it. And then just those kind of, I would say those standard interview questions. Yeah. That's that's really good to know. And I suppose, did you have any like online open days for the different schools? Uh, that you could attend or is that kind of done through the recruitment companies or yeah. how does that work no so, yeah so I didn't but I do know recruitment agencies have those type of like um meet and greet days and stuff mm-hmm. they they were doing that online like of course I was doing the, all of this through the pandemic so yeah. I can only talk about you know my experience through the pandemic right but uh yeah of course everything was online but yeah I think they do open day type things but in my experience no like I just as I said got the uh, got applied directly to the schools okay and would you um know like where like so would people find the information on the TES website then or the Facebook group for the different schools or is there like a certain website you could go to for that and so like I'm just trying to get like my head straight yeah. on it so like is there like um like is there names of interview companies that come to mind or not interview yeah interview companies is it interview yeah, companies? No, <laughs> I know there there is now I don't know what it's called because I didn't use it there okay. is I know I should have probably found this out um I might look it up and let you know yeah I can there link it is on the this bio. website you can look up I know you have to pay for it but you yeah. can look up on that website like uh international schools ratings 
international schools ratings okay um i can't remember what it's called anyway but you can look up their ratings and stuff but you know what you get a good idea from um their websites the school's websites a good idea to look on them or also those facebook pages as well yeah. there's other ones like um irish teachers in the uae and there's there's lots of different um facebook pages that are good for like actually getting to know a bit about school if you're unsure or if you don't know much about it nice yeah maybe after this episode i might collect uh, links of different pages and websites yeah. and companies and link them on on this episode in the bio like i mentioned earlier megan so when you got offered a job then what documents did you need and what did you have to do with those documents i know from us meeting and going for a coffee and stuff <laughs> it was like oh my god am i gonna get this document back in time yeah yeah it was it was stressful i'm not gonna lie i think it didn't help that we were in the middle of a pandemic yeah um, but yeah, that was probably the most stressful part. So once I got the job, then I had a big list of things to get sorted out, as yeah. you would do because you are moving across the world. Yeah. And um, the main thing was the documents. Now, I would say that pro- like some schools uh, require different documents. So this is only my experience. But yeah. like I had to get so once I got the job, then I had to get my degrees copies of my degrees and if you went to Minute you'd know that your degrees are in Latin so (laughs) I had to get English copies of them right and it wasn't even as simple as you know contacting Minute because Minute is under the National University of Ireland okay I had to go directly to them to get them right so that was fine I got them and they took like three weeks to come back I think yeah. And I had to get letters from the university, like stating, you know, the credits and things like that. So I got that from the university. I also had to get a copy of my transcripts. Mm-hmm. I also had to get uh, a letter from, from my current school. So like from the principal of my current school. Yeah. And I had to get a police certificate as well. Right. So they were the main things I had to get. Once I got them, well, especially the educational documents, so like the letter from the university, the transcripts and the degree parchments, mm-hmm. I had to go to a notary public to get them copied and signed. Mm-hmm. And then when I got that done, I had to send them to the Department of Foreign Affairs wow. for them to stamp them. And like that took another two and a half weeks so your time bound um, really like if you know thinking back to what you were yeah. saying Megan like you didn't know if you were going or not in May so you know we yeah. moved in August yeah I know between like it was nearly the end of May to like the middle of August so it was a tight enough time frame yeah um so yeah then after the Department of Foreign Affairs then I had to send them off to the embassy now there's no embassy here there's no embassy in Dublin so they had to be sent to the embassy in London Ah, so at that stage I was kind of yeah at that stage I was kind of panicking and so I heard about the Irish Arab Chamber of Commerce okay which are like this this group in in Dublin who 
they can look after the documents for you. So I went up with these documents after they came back from the Department of Foreign Affairs and I went up to them and then I gave it to them and they sent them on my behalf to the embassy in London and then they got it back from the embassy and they sent it back to me. I just thought at that stage I was afraid that they'd get lost in the post heading to London somewhere. So I was like, I don't care how much money it is because it is expensive, but... To be honest, I thought it was worth it just to have that peace of mind that they were looking after it and they were sorting it all out. Absolutely. You'd have to have a level of trust and faith in them. Like, please sort this out for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would recommend going with them if you feel like, you know, if you're a bit stressed or you don't know, like, about, you know, yourself with posts and things. Um, I went with them and I was happy I did in the end. It took a bit of pressure off. And then I received... I got them back on the Tuesday and then I flew over on the Thursday. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. It was a quick turnaround. I yeah. remember. But I would yeah. say, yeah, I would say that, you know, some people don't get jobs until the summertime and it is possible to, um, you know, get the documents sent over to the Middle East or wherever you're teaching. Right. But you kind of prefer to have them in your hand. Before you go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Megan, what did you prepare then, like clothes wise? Like, did you, like, did you know what the climate was going to be like? Like, and like, was there anything that you wish you'd brought with you, or was there something like a completely different misconception that you had, like, you know, to the to the climate there? Yeah, good question. Like when we arrived over first, it was very very hot. Like in August, all of August, September in the 40 degrees so obviously you know I was I kind of packed for every every situation really Mm -hmm. Um, and then like now it's it's a lot cooler like you'd even be wearing you know leggings and jumper and things like that so you really have to pack a bit of everything like in school you know I would say the dress code is similar to at home and you do have to be quite covered up and like the air conditioning makes places so chilly. Like even the school is always chilly. Like you'd always need a little cardigan or a jumper or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think the misconception is that it's so warm all the time. But yeah. in school, you'd be re- I really wear the same things that I would wear in school at home. And then out and about, you know, if you go to malls and stuff, you do need to be a bit covered up. So mm-hmm. I would say yeah bring summer clothes but also a lot of clothes that you would just wear at home but like you'd never you'd never walk around with a coat on or anything and did you actually have uh two suitcases going over two big ones yes two two big suitcases one and very overweight Mm. but we won't talk about that (laughs) (laughs) oh wow and um just then like when you you know in terms of your accommodation and that how how does that work then you know prior to going (laughs) Yeah, so again, it depends on what school you go with and, you know, where you are. There's usually two choices um, when you sign up for it. One is that you get given your accommodation, which is my situation, where they put you in staff accommodation, usually sharing with someone um, and, like, in a building with other teachers, which is great. Yeah. Or I know you can also get a live out allowance. Um, I know in our school they do it if you're here over two years. But I know other people can get it straight away when they start school. I think it just depends, depends. where you are and what type of school it is. Yeah. And yeah. 
Very good. And I'd say that's really nice to know that you're going to be put in accommodation, um, especially if you're going on your own. So, I mean, Megan, you went on your own and how did you feel about going on your own? Was this something that you were excited about, nervous, a bit of both? And like, yeah. is there, you yeah, know, looking yeah. back so, now, yeah, you I probably just... don't feel as stressed about it. No, exactly. Yeah, so it definitely was daunting deciding to go myself. Um, but I just thought like it was in the middle of the pandemic. I think everyone was a bit fed up. And, yeah. you know, I thought to myself, it's now or never. And there was just no one who in my circle who wanted to go. So I was just thinking, well, this is something I want to do. So it's I'm going to do never. it by myself. Yeah. It's now or never. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, if I stayed in Ireland a few more years, I'd get settled and I might get, you know, in teaching permanent, which is, you know, not that easy to get and then I was thinking well if that happens I'll never leave so it really was never and ever and I just bit the bullet and went and yeah. Um, yeah it was definitely daunting going by myself but as soon as I arrived it was it just was so easy like as you said I have so many people here mm-hmm. there's such a big Irish community as well that like it's just it's easy to make friends everyone's in the same boat they all want to meet people a lot of people I knew I, I know from here actually did know people either going over with them or they knew people already here and yeah. um, so that was nice for them that yeah. they like they knew what to expect yeah um but yeah like all I can say is if you're planning on doing it it is totally fine like there you really underestimate the Irish community over here and even just how nice people are and yeah. how willing they are to go and do things and make friends yeah um so yeah it was just it was totally fine in the end yeah I think that's a nice peace of mind for um for people who are thinking of going and like that biting the bullet and going on their own Megan I know I said earlier in the podcast about the feature on Spotify so I think we will leave a questions box um for anyone that has any further questions um on this yeah. it'll be on this episode somewhere it should come up it's a cool new feature and if not uh to get in touch with Megan then if you just want to send me a message on the teacher student on Instagram I'd be happy to pass on Megan's contact details if you have any burning questions that haven't been answered or maybe if there's a lot of questions um maybe we could do another episode uh, which would be good now Megan you're a secondary school teacher so are there any classroom tips that you might have um for secondary school teachers you know just setting up their classroom maybe or a resource maybe that you can't live without um or something like an organization tip because I know if secondary school teaching I know it's still teaching but it is different to primary school you know you have so many different classes so many different class levels so if you'd like to maybe shine some light on that yeah well I know I mean in in here and at home it's the same thing since the pandemic that Mm -hmm. teachers don't have their own classrooms anymore yeah or it's very rare I mean now it seems like the kids stay in their room all day and the teachers have to move around which is far from ideal yeah and so like even little things like you know if you'd be relying on printing or photocopying in between lessons you can't even really do that now because you're running from one end of the school to the other yeah so I just say be prepared at least even the day before with all your resources and you just unfortunately just have to bring them all around carry them all around with you all day like I just say just be prepared for all your lessons um 
but at the start of the day because you just don't get a chance when you're running around and by the time you know you get into the classroom they're already ready you have to get on the computer and you know do your register and get up your powerpoint or whatever you're using and your worksheets and you know it can be a bit chaotic but i would totally. say just just to be prepared at the start of the day for your full day yeah do you think that actually sparks behavioral issues just because i can't imagine like there's me trying to set up everything and like you're you're, you're not able to give the attention if you're trying to get no. organized yeah. like to that can spark um and set the, the lesson off on a, on a bad foot do you not think absolutely the fact that you're walking into their classroom even like that they could be sitting there for three four minutes yeah like you're a guest without, almost in their with, room it's like their well, yeah, boundaries and, yeah exactly and they're sitting there like for a few minutes before you even walk in but with no teacher before you walk in it can be very difficult to settle them settle yeah. them then and then you're trying to you know get prepared yeah that's for sure it is difficult but I mean it'll be interesting to see if things go back to the way they were pre-pandemic maybe next year or if they're going to keep it this way just no way of knowing we just have to be adaptable and go with the flow absolutely Megan is there any um resource in particular that you can't live without like whether it's like a visualizer or is there a certain website that you absolutely love when teaching yeah I have to go back to tests again Uh, I think it's invaluable for secondary teachers like not even the jobs but the resources are so good especially um, like with the older age groups there's really really good um, resources on there that I use quite often and it's really really good I would say nice yeah I think Irish like especially like teachers in Ireland they don't think of the test they think straight away like twinkle or smash or tpt or something but um, test is one that that I have used in the past myself. I used it on school placement. I came across some really good stuff on narrative writing, actually. Um, and there's gr- really good, like, little reading comprehensions and stuff, like, that people have made and they share. And I do think it is a good one. And it's underestimated, I think, anyway, in Ireland. Is there any quote, Megan, that you live by? I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> you put me on the spot. That's okay if you don't have one to share. Um... No, I can't think of one right now, to be honest. I thought I was expecting like a travel the world and teach and some kind of quote. (laughs) I think I've been stuck inside for so many days that my inspiration is just not there. (laughs) That's okay. And Megan, just before we finish off this episode, is there anything that you'd like to ask me? Um, I would like to ask you how much you're missing me. Oh, Megan, you know, I'd love to come and visit. And Qatar is actually holding the World Cup, aren't they, this year? Yeah, they are. So how how, how are you feeling about that? And, like, what does that mean for you as a teacher over there? Yeah, so we're all off. Um, mostly, I would say, to get the traffic off the road. Uh, so we're off for five weeks during it, which is very exciting. Wow. So hopefully going to go and see a few matches. I mean, I'm not really a football fan, but oh, I'll I pretend am. to be. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so that would be ex- something to look forward to, a bit of excitement. So, yeah, it'd be good. And, you ha- like, have you any travel arrangements made? Like, that's one of the big things of you living over there. Um, yeah, any- it, it is great. So everything, obviously, is, you know, hoping for the best. But, yes, hoping to head off to Zanzibar now in a couple of weeks' time. That's wow. the plan. And then, yeah, we'll see what the year brings us. Oh, fab, Megan. I can't wait to see all your pictures and everything. 
Megan, I just want to say thanks so much for joining me on this episode. Um, I suppose that I generally let my guests finish it off, but I will here. Um, unless is there anything, any final word that you'd like to mention? Uh, no, I just think if anyone's thinking about doing something like this, I think you should definitely go for it. Um, it's really, it's a really good experience and really rewarding. And I would say it definitely stands to you when you go back home then. Oh, Megan, that's so lovely. Listen, anybody tuning into this episode, if you want to reach out to Megan, just send me a message on my Instagram page, The Teacher Student, and everything's going to be linked that was mentioned in this podcast episode. And I look forward to you tuning into another episode next week.